0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Well, here it is, the final week. The final week of the podcast exclusive, this has been an awesome show. Uh, Helpful for all of us. Maybe not me last week. I'm almost dreading doing this because I have to look at my results from week 17. (laughs) But, you know, that isn't every week. I had some some good results in some of these single entries this this year. Not so much last Sunday. And you guys somehow are just discovering us now. Just discovering the podcast exclusive. Well, look, we take a look back at the week's slates. Sometimes we look at more contests than others. Oftentimes we'll hone in on like the red zone, the spy, the fair catch, the big, you know, higher dollar single entry, mid stakes, but good payouts. And then we try and formulate a game plan going into the next week. See what we've learned coming off of these type of slates. And we've covered two game slates, three game slates, main slates, all of that stuff. I thought about maybe doing the Saturday slate on this one. But I think strategy and just game theory for a week 18 slate is way too valuable for us to overlook. So what we're going to do today, change it up just a little bit. We'll take a quick peek of last week. But because there's only one week of the regular season left to go, uh, and because week 18 is so unique and so much different than anything else you'll do all season, it's almost you know, indicative or almost mirrors preseason football in some aspects with specific teams and some of the value we're going to be getting ben i I think it makes more sense that we just take a look at you know the spy from last week see what won see how our lineups did unfortunately for me and then really dig into some game theory some strategy for crazy week 18 slate
0: works for me yeah i I do think because a lot of the reasons we love doing this is you can take some things that we see and apply it to the weeks going forward. That's not as much the case this week, because Week 18 is just a, a independent week. So I'm interested to see. I honestly, I, I told you I was sick. Uh, I had a little food poisoning action, so I really don't remember. I didn't watch much football on Sunday, and I don't remember exactly what my lineups looked like. So I'm actually excited to look back, see what you were up to, see what my lineup was up to. Uh, I did, I did do good in the spy. Um, let's look at it. I would, you know, never want to have food poisoning except for last week. I mean, I felt that way on Saturday until I actually got it. And it was just like, oh, oh boy. Um,
1: I hear you. Look, look, I get it. All I'm saying is, ah, it wasn't very fun. That's all. wasn't wasn't very fun. But anyway, let's take a look at the Spy. I'll pull up the winning lineup. It was They, they, they downsized it a little bit last week. It was 50K up top, $200,000. Oh, you know what? You know what? Maybe it's possible. Let me see. Let me see if... You know what? There was a 200K and a 300K. So you were in the 200K. Trying to see if we have... The, okay. And then... The, so I'll, I'll pull up that one first. We can look at your lineup. And then I'll go to the 300K one, which was I, I was in. I don't remember my lineup from that. I do, however, remember it didn't cash. So yours... Look, you you doubled up on your entry. Yep. You maxed out your salary. You had 121% sim ROI. I'm using the post-contest simulator as we do every week. Makes the show a lot more fun, and it kind of opens your eyes to a lot of things. Plus, you can see how everyone did in these contests. So 100% actual ROI, 150.5 fantasy points. You went with fields. There you go. Fields and more. I should have had more of that, man. You did stick to your guns. You went DeAndre Swift.
0: That was went, the killer.
1: Y- yeah, yeah, that was tough. You went Zamir White. I've seen some of your lineups with like sing- with sub 100 ownership, some, but this one's at 142. You went with Zay. Oh, okay. A little Zay Flowers action. He had that long touchdown. Zamir White was fine. Could have been better. He had a m- multiple goal line opportunities, but how much does that matter with his ownership? Chigakonquo, he went back to the well. Javante Williams, what a what a what a disappointment we've seen out of him. And then you went Panthers defense. So it's funny looking at Swift and Chig and Williams and Panthers, you yeah. would maybe think that this lineup doesn't cash. You had what one, two, four, four single-digit fantasy point performers, but fields more iuk flowers was massive last my wide
0: receivers were were a lot of really
1: low scoring bad performances
0: absolutely it just again it's you can look at it two ways i feel fortune to cash and i feel like i could have won uh i like those were the receivers that you really needed extreme ceilings from all of them just not right the combination around them but the the most important thing obviously uh it's always nice when when you're using these tools the SIM ROI for my lineup was one of my higher uh, that I've had, and I was happy about that. It felt really good, and we saw a result. It's always nice to see the positive SIM ROI not be the negative 100% ROI, even though you know that's going to happen a lot.
1: Yeah, you had uh, Moore and Fields combined for almost 60, and and IU had 27. The that's truth wild. is on last week's slate, if there's one thing I take away from it, you didn't need to get all the pieces to have a good week. Just no. Have a, You just needed to have a couple of them. And
0: I had plenty of lineups where I just didn't have the pieces at all. Yeah. I mean, some, some weeks are like that. And I I thought for a lot of different reasons, it was just kind of a a weird slate, the way it fell. And then, you know, even the winning lineups, like the, the, and we saw it in the spy, actually, I believe it was a Tyrod Taylor winning lineup.
1: So I actually pulled up the 300 K spy. I got out of the other one. Let me just see who actually won. Oh, it was a, okay. So the winning lineup negatively sin, but marginally is basically zero. Lamar, Etienne, Najee, wow, see that I, Lamar, Travis, Etienne, Najee Harris, Devonte Adams, Adam Thielen, Zay Flowers, Isaiah Likely, Gerald Everett, Raiders double double-topped tight end with Likely and Everett. Raiders defense, uh, two-man Lamar stack. And Devontae Adams or Travis Etienne.
0: Yeah, that'll play. I mean, again, when you see those winning lineups, you're, you're of course, getting basically everything correct. And the, the other thing that killed me, you, we glossed over a little, the Panthers defense. Like, we had the Texans. There were other big defenses that really exploded last week.
1: For what it's worth, too, uh, 195 won that spy. So it wasn't a particularly high-scoring week. I had, in this... Did not cash 120% SIMD ROI though. I had Brock Purdy, James Cook, Zamir White, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Olave, DeMario Douglas, George Kittle, Gerald Everett Rams. I I don't even hate it. I mean, I had a, I had a double stack with Brock Purdy and that offense just kind of let me down in a big way.
0: Yeah. And that's going to, you know, again, that when you pay expensive stacks, if you don't, if not everyone is on the same page. That's just the price you pay. It's a high risk, high reward type thing.
1: Did not perform quite well. hundred fantasy points in that one. I mean, cross the board, cross the board, pretty brutal stuff. All right. So we've gotten that out of the way. Like I said, only thing I'm taking away from last week was because there, there weren't any insane builds that won. Yes. There were some good players at low ownership, like a Devante Adams and a double stack with Lamar, but we knew that Lamar could go off. It was I, I think if anything with that slate is just you didn't have nearly as many outs to cash. Like if you, if you had the Mahomes stacks for the most part, the the expensive San Francisco stacks, th- there weren't nearly as many outs. It felt like having fields, maybe to Rod Taylor. Yeah. he had that long pass to Slayton and was good, but fields, Lamar Jackson, those type of, there were a lot of where places you could go that you were just dead in the water out of the gate. And that's kind of what happened to me.
0: Yeah, and and again, that's just I think the we saw and we talked about on our first look show last week. There was a lot of games in that slate. And when that happens, I think you see that even more and more in terms of a spread of options and even in week 18 as we kind of look to this it's 13 it's not 16 thank god, but it's still 13 more games. Oh, and for what it's
1: worth, uh my highest owned stack for anybody wondering, you know, what what contributed to a, a bad week I had Jalen Hurts doubles everywhere and Julio Jones caught the two receiving touchdowns.
0: Oh yeah. Julio, just a resurgence. Right. For or not sure. the two
1: uh, Dallas Goddard had one, but you get the point like two touchdowns to Julio Jones just destroys me. So it is what it is. Anyway, you want to take a look at, you want to take a look at week 18. I think that you can provide, cause this is kind of how your brain is wired for slates like this, you know? Right it's true though to be able to to get unique and there's still a lot of uncertainty a lot of unknowns this is where i think you know we could really benefit from doing this particular show to close out the regular season
0: yeah i ex- like i said i'm excited i i know my big thing is is one separate into we know we might know and we'll never know like right off the top you know certain news we already have certain news we're going to find out and certain news we're just never going to know and How much do you want to pull from each bucket?
1: Exactly. And one other thing, guys, I know NFL is winding
0: down a little bit.
1: Uh, We're still going to have the playoffs. We're still going to have awesome DFS contests. We're going to have a lot of betting, uh, a lot of betting opportunities. I mean, a lot. But also, you have basketball and you have all of these other sports. You know, PGA is back. I know Ben loves PGA betting. At Odd Shopper, we have so many different sports that you can get your hands on, right? Like, just an insane amount of sports. Even, you know, even talking about like college basketball and stuff, we have all of the best plus EV bets using a market-based approach, the plus EV tool, which is, I mean, every single day, it just continues to get better. If, if it's winding down and you're thinking, you know, I might just take a break, do me one favor. And, and if you hate it when your time is up, no big deal. Even if you're not big into sports betting, do me a favor if you si- sign up on BetMGM, we, the link's in the description for this podcast, okay? You click that and you deposit 10 bucks. It takes you a minute to sign up. Deposit 10 and bet that 10 bucks on whatever it is you want, okay? If you do that, you'll get an email from them and you'll now have two free months of everything we have at Odd Shopper. All of our tools, the Parlay Builder, the Pick'em Plays, the uh, so even if you're not in the legal betting state, the Plus EV tools for, for double-digit sports to give you all of the best bets every second of every day, updating by the second, literally. The premium Discord with an amazing community. All of the expert picks on the expert picks page. It's a $100 value, and you're getting it for two months by depositing 10 bucks and betting that at BetMGM. We'd love to have you become part of the community. All I can say, Ben, the plea to the people would be, try it out for yourself. And at the end of the day, at the end of the two months, if you hate it, I mean, I think you'll be up money if you use the tools right. But at the end of the day, if you hate it, you you, you spend two minutes of your time and 10 bucks depositing on, on BetMGM and betting $10.
0: Yeah, I mean, DFS, betting, crypto, any market, anything, the key, one of the keys, be early. Be early, be before the masses. I'm telling you right now, in a year, in six months, in two years, these things are going to be household terms. These tools are going to be household items. And the markets are going to adjust be early to these things, just like what we're doing with the DFS, with these Sims tools, you're seeing things evolve. You're seeing it on the betting side. So if you want to sneak peek into what we believe is the future of betting, what we believe are real edges, come on in. And it doesn't mean you can't still bet a couple parlays here and there. You can't have some fun and roll the dice. I know, sir. I certainly still do, but these tools are the real deal. And if you see them in action, I believe you'll believe. And that's what we're about here at odd chopper.
1: Yeah, man. So come join us. Say hello when you do. Links down there. Ten bucks, two minutes at BetMGM. They'll hit you up. You'll get your two free months of everything we've got. Plus, you might win your bet. And if you don't, your first bet is insured up to fifteen hundred dollars over there as well. Twenty-one years or older. Got to be twenty-one years old. If you have a gambling problem, call or text one eight hundred Gambler. All right. So let's do it, man. Week eighteen. You could have on the, on the Sunday main site. You could have Detroit. Campbell said he's going to play as starters, but we have no idea how long. Andy Reid hasn't made his mind up yet, but I have no confidence uh, on that team. Right, They've they've really struggled, so do they play any of these guys early on, even if it's only a quarter or two? Maybe. He does in the preseason, for what it's worth, and they don't look like they have in previous years. San Francisco and the Rams facing off against each other. Rams can't fall further than seven, so they're in the playoffs, but they can't go higher than six. Meanwhile, the, the, the 49ers already locked up the one spot. I didn't mention Baltimore because they're on the Saturday slate against Pittsburgh, but um just looking at this now, Ben, I, I think there are going to, I think a lot of opportunities are going to present themselves to us where we go. Wow. That cheap guy is 30% owned. This cheap guy is 7% owned. And really the only difference might be that he's in a slightly less favorable matchup or something like that. There probably are going to be opportunities for us to pick off and say, Look, we don't have to get insane on a 13-game slate. You don't have to go, as you would say, super mega mind genius. But I do think there might be opportunities or ways, I should say, to get leverage over really popular cheap plays once news starts to come out.
0: Exactly. And I think that is that is the key to it. It's It's not... I really believe in Week 18 what happens is people overreact to either the most recent information or they think that they have to go... To these breaking news situations where, yes, sometimes that will present a new player. You could also just not do that. Like, I've done this in the past. I've been guilty of this. I build lineups. I run, you know, in the past I wasn't running Sims. But say I run my Sims. I settle on a lineup. I love it. This is a great lineup. One piece of news breaks, and I'm not saying it's insignificant, and i dire- i change every i up oh, i got to rebuild and it's just like if i love the lineup and nothing was affected in this lineup why am i why am i burning it all down like yes maybe you bump a guy up maybe in some lineups you tweak but i, I still firmly believe you don't need to build off purely actionable info based on these start and sits you can just play teams that are playing like normal and, and just go with it and not worry about any of the stuff on some of your lineups
1: yeah exactly Now, that isn't to say that there aren't going to be some spots we really like this week. Of course. I know you like the Bears. I do, too. Um, We mentioned it on the strategy show, the first look show, that they're free rolling through this game. And that's a good thing. They, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. They're free rolling. Could they hurt their odds of getting a better pick? That's their own pick. Yeah, but they have the number one overall pick. They're set up well. I think they want to close the year strong. Philadelphia is in shambles, but at the same time, if Devontae Smith is out, Jalen Hurts to to AJ Brown connection is is very significant. There, throw Dallas Goddard into the mix. What I'm getting at is there are still going to be spots that I think are relatively popular that I'm going to have no issues getting to whatsoever. But then at the same time, I may lean towards some Baker Mayfield, you know, Mike Evans, Godwin, Stacks, or, or, or guys that are or, or teams that are being overlooked. But what's most kind of intriguing to me out of all of this is once we get those big news dumps, probably if we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, it's almost one o'clock Eastern time. Once we get those big news dumps, probably closer to Sunday, my guess Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll get a little bit of everything. They, they are in fact sitting guys or teams that are out of it where guys are banged up. Those guys aren't playing. There's always going to be specific players, usually a handful of them that rise to the top of ownership. And then other guys who are marginally less appealing plays but are getting way less ownership. Like it just feels one of those weeks where you could have guys being better plays, but their ownership far outweighs the difference in in quality of play between them and the guys that are getting like 5%.
0: And that is because I think of just the nature of week 18. Everybody's hunting for that news. And we even talked about it on the first look, you know, you bring up a team like the Vikings, like the, and it's just like, eh, I don't know, like no real news. And it's just like, yeah, they're they're just playing as if it was week seven. Like it's it's fine. They're not a flashy team. They're not going to sit guys randomly. They're not going to do anything special. They're just there. And I think most people are super concerned about San Francisco, super concerned about the Lions, like who's going to be out there. Yes, there could be some value that opens up. Those games could also be complete write offs complete wastes and it's only teams that are either out of it or you know battling for playoff spots exactly by the way speaking of news Patrick Mahomes is out Blaine Gabbert will start see this is what I'm talking about this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about if we got that on Sunday morning people would be like oh Gabbert got like I'm gonna revamp my lineup so? I really do yeah huh I do so I'm not I'm not saying the whole slate I do think people are more enticed to look to the recent opt-outs and say, okay, there's all this value now on the Chiefs. Yeah, you could be right.
1: You and that doesn't be. mean
0: it's bad value. It doesn't, but I don't think you need to only go to those spots, that's all.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. and But again, like, okay, so let me give you an example of some spots that I'm talking about. So let's just say Elijah Mitchell isn't playing and then Jordan Mason ends up be getting the starting nod. People know how good the Niners are. I think there's some like implicit bias there, where you don't even know or subconscious bias, like man, it's the Niners, it's Shanahan, Mason's the best backup. What if what if Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford also get ruled out, and now Pierre Strong ends up getting you know the the bulk of that work, or what if you know Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Helaire who missed last week, what if both of them don't play? and it ends up being you know Michael Pirine getting getting the work for for Kansas City i just think there's going to be a hierarchy of 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 desire to get to some of these guys and some of them may just be overlooked entirely despite being in the, the
0: same situation you know and i think at
1: running back we're going to get a lot of that this week a lot yeah and
0: I, again i think some of it is going to be determined that things that aren't super valuable as i keep saying I imagine that the running backs that get clarification later in the week will get a little more steam. Whereas like the Niners, we know McCaffrey's not playing already. We don't know about Mitchell. And I do think at running back in particular, when you can guarantee the volume, it's it's easier to get to the cheapies. Like if there's a running back who's going to get 20 carries, that's a pretty good spot regardless.
1: How do you approach a running back position where, like let's take the Rams, for example, right? How do you approach something like that where let's just assume that that Kyron Williams is not going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then now it's Royce Freeman and, and Ronnie Rivers. What if we don't get clarification on that stuff? What if we don't get clarification on Elijah Mitchell and, and, and Jordan Mason or or, or or any of these other guys? How do you approach something like that? Because not only could that kind of fracture ownership down the middle, but but a lot of times it doesn't. And people just run with the assumption, like, you know, season long fantasy drafts, take this for example, so many times you'll have a a split backfield where the consensus just immediately becomes, well, this is the lead guy, even though we don't have word on that. And the other guy is the definitive backup. Everyone starts drafting the, the one guy super early in drafts. The other guy doesn't get drafted at all or in the last round. And then he ends up becoming the guy. What about those scenarios playing out this week in week 18, where some of these tight-lipped coaches just say, look, he's not playing, but these guys are, and they don't tell you who's going to be the one.
0: So I I really think that on 13 games, you're best off avoiding that stuff. You know, the tools will do some of the work. And if, if a guy's 1%, and you say, okay, I think I have a pretty good read on this. I'm going to roll the dice. Absolutely. But I don't want a great part of that. I'll let everyone else be a hero and I'll go to, fields to more. I'll go with Tyrod Taylor and a giant stack. I'll go with AJ Brown and CD lamp guys that I feel very confident barring news. We're going to get Arizona as another team that I'm looking at situations that I think have lower variance. You will be in tournaments this week where a lot of the field is dead, drawing dead right off the bat, no matter what, because they just didn't even come close to leveraging properly based off the news.
1: Does it change your mind at all if it's a backfield where one of the guys is a young rookie where they could get a good look at and the other one is a, you know, take just a Royce Freeman, for example, the guys like we clearly know what and who they
0: are and they've been in the league for a long time. It does. I think it still is all about a range of outcomes. Like to me, the unknown is always better. There's a chance there's a running back sitting on one of these benches. Uh, that's amazing. You know, Jerome Ford, Chubb breaks a leg in a night game. Jerome Ford comes in and everyone's like, who the hell is that? And it turned out he's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, That, that can happen. So I'd rather have that where, you know, uh, like if Dalvin Cook signs with a team and they roll him out there, I'm not sure that uh, I need to see that. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking to take shots on the known. I'm looking to take shots on the unknown.
1: Let me try and uh, help the people out here a little bit further. Pick your brain on something. Okay. So. When you're looking at a slate like this, do you think there's any way that you go balanced?
0: I think that actually balanced is more preferred, the more value that opens up. Because what happens, again, everyone gets enamored, and I get it, with the paydown options. When you click all them in, you have room for C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown and E.T.N. and your favorite defense and a top tight end, and you become stars and scrubs. And it looks great. Because you're like, oh, the value plays are going to play well above their salary. They have all the money in the world. Sure. But every week, you know, we just went through my lineup last week. Zay Flowers, Ayuk, and DJ Moore. Those were mid-range to upper mid-range wide receivers, and they all went nuclear. There's a ton of Mike Evans-type players this week that have that type of upside. And if you do go balanced, if you avoid the landmines for the cheapies, and there's going to be a lot of variance with them, I love that type of build on a week where more value opens up.
1: Is it viable because there's going to be so much value? That's my concern. Like some of the value is, is inevitably going to pop off. They might be lower owned values, but they'll be owned. That's, that's where I have trouble with it. You know
0: what I mean? Yes, but it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like you can have a value piece and increase your balance build by like $200 average position and you're fine. The tricky right. thing is where people get into trouble. It's like, okay, and I'm just using an example. I do like him. Say you're like, I don't like C.D. Lamb at all this week. I think the Cowboys are going to ease off the gas. You spend a, down at all these positions, and then you're like, oh, I have I have 9,700 left at wide receiver. I'll take a uh, C.D. Lamb. And it's like, well, but you didn't even you don't even have him projected well. You're just playing him because you like the value. There's other ways to get that value and not funnel in. Pay up options that you think might not return anything close to what you need. For sure.
1: And you know, the mid-range is actually super deep this week, too.
0: 13 games. Yeah. 13 games.
1: Super deep mid-range. So if we were to wrap this up, put a bow on our 18 weeks of doing this podcast exclusive. And thank you guys for hanging with us. We've had a lot of fun doing this. Um, not only that, but if you haven't done so yet, leave a leave a review on the pod. We appreciate it. We love reading that stuff. It helps us a lot. And you know, subscribe to the podcast and all that good stuff. Do you if you were to give one piece of advice going into the, the by far the most unique NFL site that we will have any season, all, all season of any season, every
0: single season, what would it be that this is not like the NBA for people that play the NBA? Like when a point guard gets ruled out and someone slides into 40 minutes of volume, they instantly become basically a must play at the min in football. It does not work like that. There is a possibility that a team like the Niners have no useful players at all. And I think that's the difference. It doesn't mean because they're resting the starters that suddenly the value guys just become that offense maybe, but it's not a guarantee because it's no longer the same offense, but in, in the NBA, you don't score 48 points. When you bench your starters, you still score 95. Someone has to score. Right. It's and even, you know call. what? And
1: even, and even so when the entire team is out, I, I a couple of weeks ago, uh, like Memphis was missing a ton of starters. Or no, Dallas was missing a ton of starters. And and, and all of them were great value. They all still failed. So yeah. look, you're right, though. At least in NBA, someone still has to shoot. Uh, someone still has to get rebounds. Someone still has to play those 40 minutes when they only have eight guys on the active roster. In the NFL, it's entirely different. You're right. And as a wide receiver, or a tight end, you are relying on someone else to get you the football. It's a totally different ball game.
0: Yep. You, you're going to see teams that have, you know, three, seven, nine, 11 points this week, and they don't come close to producing. It's just the way this type of slate works. I
1: know you have to run just last thing. Uh, how much more do you value uh, running backs than why than pass catchers on a slate like this for teams that are resting starters or key
0: players? I do think it is more valuable just because what you alluded to. You can control that a little better. You, you can get them dump-offs. You can get them carries. If you bring in new wide receivers with a new quarterback behind a potentially new offensive line, you're asking for a lot of things to work to get passing volume. And again, I'm going to reference Odd Chopper. When the dust settles on these props, look at where they have these projections for, for you know passing yards, Rushing attempts, and you will get a good indication of what the books think for a guy who may be the lead back. If they have him at 15 and a half carries, that looks a hell of a lot better than if it's seven and a half, you know, volume wise.
1: I know you got to run, you got P- PGA's back, baby. So,
0: oh, it's back. PGA is this brand considered brand
1: new. strategy show live before? What do you call this?
0: It's everything. Uh, we got you covered, and again, you, if you've been having success, the NBA. And baseball and now with the nfl sims we brought it to pga i can't wait to unveil them on the show i haven't even seen them yet so we're going to run through some of that and do the process as we always do and hopefully start the season off with a with a nice win beautiful benza
1: jazzraz dfs on twitter double z's single z lafay underscore d for me l-o-u-g-h-y underscore d guys we'll see you back here soon enough everything's in podcast form if not it's all on youtube as well we'll see you soon peace